G2, National Director of the Journey for Justice Alliance. Appreciate y'all being here. I'm your host for the On the Ground podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at J4J underscore USA. You can also reach us on our Facebook page, Journey for Justice Alliance. And finally, this podcast is for those that believe, those that are ready to do the work, ready to conversate, not demonstrate. Let's go. Once again, what's happening, world? Obarigani, peace, hola, what's up, and what up, though? This is your man, Brother G2, host of the On the Ground podcast, where we focus on the artistic science and community organizing. want to thank everybody for their continued support. We really appreciate the fact that we see more callers, more subscribers every week. We want you to keep posted because very soon, and we'll let you know when, we'll be transferring over to video. We're looking forward to that. So just, you know, keep, stay consistent, stay with us. It's important for us to know that there are brothers and sisters all over this world that are fighting for liberation every day. And we want to make sure that those brothers and sisters get a chance to tell their story. And I am honored today to have my brother, man. Brother, I go all the way back to when I was murdering microphones. This brother was him and his mother, Akua and Jerry, were leading the, the National People's Democratic Uhuru Movement. And these were some of the first people that I engaged when, um, you know, I, I woke up and wanted to make some type of contribution. So I'll always be thankful for that experience. And this brother has stayed consistent in the fight for freedom. I am uh, more than honored, humbled to have my brother, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. on the On the Ground podcast. Chairman Fred, what's happening, brother? Welcome to the podcast. Right on, my brother. I'm honored as well as humbled to be on the podcast with you for your moral revolutionary appreciations. I just um, took a flashback. As you stated, my brother, we, we go way back, we go way black. And yes, I, just, I, just, I just literally flashed back to um, the video we had shot on, uh, was it 103rd? Yes, sir. And so for folks who are tripping as y'all listening to this, I was part of a crew called 10 Trey. We were the first group. Yeah in Chicago to sign a major record deal. And when we did our video for our song, I Convey, I had to have Mama Akua and Brother uh, Chairman Fred there. So if you go on YouTube and you look up T-E-N-T-R-A-Y, you'll see the video for a song called I Convey. We do go way back, brother. A little more gray hair, about 20 more pounds. We still standing, we still standing. We, yeah, we still standing and swinging, brother, absolutely. That's right, absolutely. that's right. So the theme of our show today sisters and brothers, is DNA. And you all know that our, our brother Kendrick Lamar made the song that spoke to what's inside. The reason that that's the theme of this show is because Chairman Fred Jr. could have very easily just rested on his father's legacy. But what this brother has done over the last 25 to 30 years is to build a legacy of work in his own right. He has earned the title Chairman Fred. And his DNA... It's not even about who your family is. It's about your spirit. And do you have the spirit of rebellion in you? And this brother walks with that spirit. And so we want to definitely provide a space tonight for you all to learn about Chairman Fred's work and a crisis that's happening right now with the Hampton House. But before we get to those questions, we want to do our member spotlight. And the organization that we want to lift up today is the New York City Coalition for Education Justice. That is directed by my sister, Natasha Capers. In Brooklyn, this is a citywide coalition of black and brown parents 
committed to equity in public education and not only talking it, but walking it. This group has been central to beginning to transform education in the city of New York, where they demonstrated how they made education a wedge issue in the New York mayoral race. And the man who committed to their agenda of no more school closings and expanding what we call sustainable community schools ended up being the man who became mayor, which is Bill de Blasio. They held over 200 community meetings, getting their input on what kind of New York they wanted to see. They actually purchased a, a broken down school bus and made this blue school bus the place where people could get on the bus and actually put up on the walls their vision of what education looked like. And this brilliant organizing got so popular that the mayoral candidates started tripping over each other to get on the bus. And their goal was not to determine who the mayor would be. Their goal was to say, this is what New Yorkers want for public education and to make that a major issue in the mayoral race. And to this day, de Blasio has created over 100 community schools, but their work hasn't stopped there. They're not resting on their laurels. So one of the big victories they just won is they won $24 million from the city of New York to provide training and the revamping of New York's curriculum to make sure that their curriculum is culturally relevant. So uh, there was huge issues in New York of uh, white teachers doing things absolutely inappropriate with our young people, making them lay on the ground next to each other, teachers putting their foot on the student's back, trying to make them feel what slavery felt like. Just ridiculous, out-of-pocket things that come from teachers who could not relate to our young people. But the New York City College for Education Justice developed a culturally responsive school scorecard so that our young people would actually have curriculum that centered them, that centered our experiences from a factual place, and lifted our own people up as our own heroes. So that's a huge victory in what's happening in New York right now. And actually, they've taken that effort on the road to be able to bring that to other cities so that parents and community members can begin to impact what curriculum their children are being taught. That is the work of the New York City Coalition for Education Justice. So again, to our, my sister Natasha, to my sister Elzora Cleveland, and everybody else with New York City Coalition for Education Justice, want to give y'all a revolutionary salute and just say that, uh, you know, stay consistent, stay vigilant, keep up the good work, and we wish. So now, Again, it's my honor as the director of the Journey for Justice Alliance to have my brother on the show. So as you've heard, uh, me and Chairman Fred go back like Run DMC, like MC Light. We go way back. What I'd like you to do, Brother Fred, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, let people know the work that you do. I'm Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. I've said on a number of occasions uh, in the eyes of the state, I may be viewed as a, uh, a three-strike offender. Uh, one, for simply being African. Two, for being the son of Chairman Fred Hampton and of Kuo and Jerry. And three, for continuing the fight for liberation of our people. I'll take the position of the state or any entity considered as a crime, so be it. I feel fortunate to have fallen from the tree of two freedom fighters, that of Chairman Fred Hampton and also of and Jerry. I'm presently the international chairman of the POCC slash BPPC, which is an acronyms uh, for Prisoners of Conscience Committee, Black Panther Party Cubs, um, a former political prisoner. In a nutshell, better yet, from a jail cell, 
I'm honored to be a servant of the people. I wanted to know if you could just share a little bit with folks about your journey. When we first met, uh, you all had just formed the National People's Democratic Uhuru Movement, or MPDOM. Yeah. yeah. Time went on, I, I saw your work with the Prisoner of Consciousness Committee. Uh, and that's yeah. when I, we started the slogan, free them all. And then you're doing work with a body of, of brothers and sisters that are called the Panther Cub. So if you could, yeah. brother, you know, uh, and the floor is yours, just share a little bit about your journey in this struggle for liberation. My birth certificate actually came close to being my death certificate, being that, yes, fact that prior to my actual birth, while in the womb, my mother-to-be, who had just turned 19 years old, a few days prior to December the 4th, 1969, who at the time was eight, approximately eight and a half months pregnant, carrying me mm. at the time. Mm-hmm. December the 4th, 1969, a day in which we define as one of our September 11th stories. In other words, one of our days of terrorism, a day in which two of our two of our twin towers, quote unquote, failed. So I'm speaking of which the assassination of the 21-year-old Chairman Fred Hampton, 22-year-old Defense Captain Mark Clark on the west side of Chicago. And with that, yes. with those assassinations, federal government via the Chicago Police Department came in, guns blazing from the front doors and the back doors approximately 4.35 a.m. in the morning, freezing cold uh, on December the 4th. Mm. Over 99 shots fired into the home, uh, shells coming into the mattress. My mother-to-be had even covered over uh, her comrade, her husband, Chairman Fred's body when the uh, police were fired into the home, in which the Chicago police had uh, later pulled out of the room, in which she actually had Chairman Fred's bathrobe on and his house shoes. And... Uh, when they pulled out, they had opened her robe and they had jammed the Chicago Police Department's revolver to her stomach. And when I think about it, I think the first piece of steel that I had ever come into contact with, the political predated care that I was subjected to, as opposed to a doctor's stethoscope, was that of a, a Chicago Police Department's revolver. And uh, which the police were later overheard to say, he was saying that he's barely alive, they're barely making now. They fired several more shots. Those are the fatal shots that assassinated Chairman Fred. Yes, sir. To add insult to injury, my mother-to-be and the remaining survivors were taken to jail. They were given trumped up charges. In a sense, that was like my, my maternity ward almost, you know, being inside the other uh, jail cell. I think about this, in fact, while we, while we conducted this interview, a few days after May 13, 1985, what happened on Osage Avenue and also August 1978 with the uh, attack on a move organization in which Brother Mike Africa was born inside the prison. I think about Tupac Shakur who, you know, came close to be born inside the, the jail, and so many others, you know, the, the countless numbers of women literally handcuffed to gurneys, giving birth to a captive. I'm just, I'm just, because again, when I talk about these situations, I I never speak about it subjectively. You never hear me say the police killed my daddy. You yes, never sir. hear me say that I'm trying to save my house. You will hear me say that the, the U.S. government assassinated Chairman Fred Hampton. You will hear me say that we're trying to save the Hampton house. So with that being said, uh, back to, again, December 4th, 1969, I was locked up with my mother-to-be. And I was subsequently born approximately um, 25 days later. And keep in mind, this was a fatal blow to the Black Power movement. Because in fact, Jane Cahoover, the former director of the FBI, had actually stated that the, by the end of 1969, the Black Panther Party had to be destroyed. They had a program, the Cointel for the counterintelligence program, which was 90% was directed to the Black Panther Party. Former Attorney General John Mitchell said that he had called with Jacob, who was saying that the Black Panther Party represented the number one threat to the United States security since that of the Civil War. 
So this is a, a major move, this December 4th move. And so I came up in a climate after this assassination, which was deprived. I call some of the remnants of it. I was able to, I'm looking at a picture right now as we speak of myself, uh, 18 months old, looking up at a photograph of um, Chairman Fred uh, at the Coliseum when Minister U.E.P. they came to speak in Chicago. I was able to go to some of the, the Panther Party programs. But again, these were some of the remnants. It was still going on, but for all practical purposes, that was a major hit to the Black Power movement. As I said at the, the funeral services of Tookie Williams, the co-founder of the Crips, when I spoke there, I said, mm-hmm. Tookie Williams that grew up in a climate such as I, deprived of such an organization, the Black Panther Party, where in many cases, the only options in life was to become a Boy Scout or a banger. Mm-hmm. And throughout my journey, I relate to what Mother Comrade Akua and Jerry had assessed about Tupac. She said Tupac needed organization, and the organization needed Tupac. Teach. I was fortunate to not only for my mom in the movement, but the brothers and sisters who were gathered around garbage cans with the wood burning, with, you know what I'm saying, telling the old war stories about how, you know what I'm saying, the Black Panther Party at Chamber Fred impacted them. I was able to, you know what I'm saying, to struggle and, you know, grasp you know, some political organizing uh, later on throughout my life. But, you know, even later on, as you mentioned earlier, in regards to the rural movement at that time, you know what I'm saying, we took on a number of different campaigns, even then. Exposing about you know how the infamous Cook County Jail, same Cook County Jail that Gil Scott Harris talked about, same Cook County Jail that the present, the present day sheriff Tom Dart said is the number one mental health institution in the country. In fact, mm-hmm. the Cook County Jail is the largest county jail in, in the country, and we were able to take on campaigns exposing how additional divisions were built on toxic waste, leading to the point that uh, that you can smoke out of fear of explosion. I also engaged in campaigns being about you know exposing forms of chemical biological warfare, waging on people like the Cisco liquor that was a flood in the community. I was subsequently issued a number of different trumped up charges, you know what I'm saying, which all through my life happened to the point that I thought it was, I mean, I've seen it as a norm. One of the trumped up charges that was issued was a case in which they said I had proposed a firebomb two Korean-owned stores on the south side of Chicago. And in fact, the judges, uh, Michael P. Tuman, one of the most politically connected judges, now, this is the same judge, Cook County judge, that sentenced Jeff Ford, Chief Malik, to his state time. That same judge has sentenced me to 18 years, in which they said it was questionable if the actual incident even happened. But it made the state's attorney, Mary Lacey, made it very clear I was a political prisoner. While held captive, I continued to organize. You know, I was I was placed in the circuit. There were a number of different assassination attempts on my life while held captive. I didn't know if I was going to come out of there alive or not. I owe my life to not only the brothers and sisters who were held captive with me, but to the people outside that kept free prayer campaign and kept me alive. And I, I relate to what Minister U.E.P. News said, that if it was not for the people, I may have come out of there in a pine box. And uh, I hit back on the ground with a spirit and a fervor, you know what I'm saying, and, and never forgetting about those who were being held captive with the prison consequence of the Black Panther Party because uh, honored to walk in, not the footsteps, but the Black Panther Party, Paul Steps. Mm-hmm. of the Black Panther Party. And we've been fighting for the release of political prisoners address the case of police terrorism. We are a revolutionary organization. We know bones about it. And we say the Black Panther Party is a tough act to follow, but we try our best to carry it. We have the Free All Radio program every Wednesday. It hosted by myself and Lady of Rage. Many people know about the rock and rough and stuff with the Afro Puff. Mm-hmm. She's a member of our, of our organization. We have a, that show is hosted in the spirit of the Black Panther Party intercommunal newspaper. We have the uh, Triple C program. Children, community, and cubs every Saturday throughout the world, from San Janine to France, from Sao Paulo and Brazil, 
to Gary, Indiana, to uh, the Fifth Ward of New Orleans, the food program, to feed the people, or not just giving away charity, but politicizing the people, you know what I'm saying, in the spirit of the Black Panther Party Free Breakfast Program. So we're doing it in a way, again, in a concrete, tangible way, okay, on the legacy of the Black Panther Party. You know, brother, I remember when you were taken captive and I was doing work in several elementary schools. I don't know if you remember, brother, when you came to a, a community program we had. It was called Taifa Black Awareness Group. It was a group of young people in the Bronzeville area. And, I, and I'll never forget, man, because you looked at me, you was like, brother, you know. And for me, it was, it was a moment. You know, as a young cat that's trying to do this work, it was a moment of affirmation from one of my brothers. Because he was like, brother, you more mm-hmm. than just a rapper. And I was like, you know, we're trying to learn how to organize. You know, we had our young people write you while you were in there. It was heartbreaking, brother, because we knew that they were trumped up charges. But uh, I remember one of my partners, I don't know if you remember, one of my partners who I grew up with, he was my next door neighbor. His name was Jesse Talbot. Name is Jesse Talbot. He had called me and told me that you all were in the same facility. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a long time ago. But, uh, yeah. Jesse was like my that brother had wow. been my partner since we were three years old. And when we were wow. young, you know, I was out here and I was involved in the drug game. And, and he pulled me, we was on 39th Street, and that brother, and this this absolutely that brother pulled me in the back office. And he was like, Dog, you need to get out the game, man. He said, Look, man, you care about these people, man. He said, Ain't nobody yeah. gonna fight you, they're gonna shoot you. He said, So you need to get out. Huh. For whatever yeah. reason, he shook me, man. Whatever reason, yeah, yeah, he shook yeah. me. But my man, you know, that, that that was just, as you went through all of that, man, and, and as the people yeah. went through it, it was a heavy time. Yeah. And the work that you're doing um, to free political prisoners, I think is important for folks to remember. Because I actually, brother, the night before last, I watched the documentary 1969. And the piece that hit me as I watched it, and Mama Akua broke it down towards the end, she was like, what people need to understand is that the United States government waged a military attack yeah. against the Black Panther Party, that we were exterminated. Yeah. If folks need to understand what kind of world we live in, the Black Panther Party was all about meeting the needs of the people, inspiring yeah. the people to believe that they could do more. You know, they didn't have white people that they murdered as not just when they felt. Organizations like the Ku Klux Klan, organizations like the, the White Citizens Council, these organizations that have documented murder of Black people still flourish today. So, my brother, what I'd like to do now, man, is ask you if you can explain to the people the situation with the Hampton House. Uh, so, the point you were raising, I, I was literally flashbacking again. You know, <laughs> like, you know, the discussion I had with you. Also, not only on in, in, in outside community on the streets, but also that of um, talked to you from the, from the infamous Cook County Jail on the jail call. And something I just I just want to, I just want to reiterate too, the something you pointed out. I had said again back to this my presentation at the funeral service of Tiki Williams. I said that never again on my watch a generation would be deprived of an opportunity, you know, what I'm saying of an organization over or entity to fight for self-determination, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times you have a reactionary response about, you know, positions that are taken in our community. And I, I, our position is that a, a non-independent people do not make independent decisions. Being oppressed is embarrassing. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. So a lot of times, even the victims of this system, we attempt to jive ourselves and say, well, 
I chose this. I, you know, I chose to you know, move to do this, mm. to do this so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that gives us some sort of way of salvaging a bit of backbone that this system is, you know, is, is constantly breaking amongst our people. Kind of like the Alcoholics Anonymous say, the first step in addressing the problem is recognize we have a problem. It's something that, you know, generation after generation, it's not by happenstance that either we you know, we aspire to be an O.J. Simpson or we aspire to be a Michael Jordan or aspire to be a Nelly, a hip-hop artist, or, or and it's not by happenstance. But the deal is we must struggle to not only fight for present-day opportunities and options for people, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to say, okay, if that's your cup of tea to do those other things, there's an option, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to be able to fight with some determination. And also there's a lineage that has happened. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my central committee members the other day, our field marshal, in fact, and we talked to some brothers down in Louisiana, and one of the uh, older brothers, elders, and made a comment saying that, he said, let me be very clear. There were places, not only in Louisiana, but there were places in the South that the Ku Klux Klan would never come to. So that's important, because the narrative that we are given is that, you know what I'm saying, every, I mean, everything from the kidnapping of our people to, to the era of chattel slavery, to, you know what I'm saying, to even today, that you know, the, the, that of the complacent slave, that everyone was up with this, and you know, what I'm saying and so on and so. That has always been. There has always been resistance, and you know, always, and it's important. Like even yes, one sir. of our matches with the Black Panther Party Cubs is that we are great grandchildren of Garvey, the offspring of Malcolm, and the Cubs of Panther. And we say that because one of the things mm. is even with, with resistance. A lot of people have a reactionary way of resisting. They come up. I can't count how many people are coming in contact, how many cases we dealt with when the police killed somebody. People say that this is the first time that we have been attacked or the first time that we were fighting back. I say, no. No, it's not. We've been getting down for quite some time. You know what I'm saying? We are not a history of a punk people. In fact, we say our legacy is more important than our life. And if we don't know it, the state knows it. Mm-hmm. I had some discussions last, yesterday and, uh, I don't, uh, with some Potential people told me I want to do a movie on Chairman Fred, and, and, I, and I, it got kind of intense. Here at the Hampton House, and I was telling them, I said, listen, we don't cut no corners about this legacy. You know what I'm saying? I said, um, we've turned down a number of different opportunities, and, and, you know what I'm saying? And believe me, you know, we need resources. We would like the word to get out, but however, not at the cost of compromising the legacy. I'm cut from the cloth of remembering being 12 years old. And our gas in my house, my, my mother's house being cut up in the wintertime and a book deal being brought to her in a freezing cold and she refused it. I said, let me get this straight. If we do this book deal, our gas can get cut on, we can get heat. And I'll never forget that. I will never forget that. And she, mm. she said, we're not, you know, we're not going. That's the cloth I'm cut from. Yes, I'm, sir. You know, I'm cut from the cloth when Forrest Whitaker, before he did the movie The Butler, he, you know, he tried to do the movie on, the, on, on Chairman Fred. And other Panther Party members told him, hey, man, that man's son don't play no games, man, about that legacy. I'm cut from the cloth with uh, former chief of staff for the Black Panther Party. When David Hilliard had broken a deal with Dr. Drake to use the right, the, the speeches of Minister U.P. in the, uh, the game song, Dreams, he, he himself told Dr. Drake, this is clear about the financial part of it. However, it's a guy, Chandler Fred Hunter Jr., in regards to the political legacy, he don't play no games about it. To fast forward to where we're at right now, where we've been up for the last 10, 11, 11 months, or no, excuse me, a year, the house in which Chairman Fred grew up in, the house in 804 South 17th Avenue, Maywood, Illinois, 60153. The home in which I talked to a 70-year-old brother a few months back, and he pleaded with me. He said, Chairman Fred, please, don't get rid of nothing. He said, even save the dishes. 
These are the dishes that Chairman Fred have to eat out of. And mm. this home, I'm talking about, as we sit here, when I came here, there was attempts to salt the earth, similar to what Napoleon had did in Africa when he had came through and they had 21 guns salute, they had shot the nose of the Sphinx to take away what, what they refer to as Negro features. Similar mm-hmm. to doing the El Chato slavery, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the Saint Louis, uh, excuse me, uh, Demar Vesey and the likes, when the, uh, even the, the Reverend Nat Turner, when the colonialists and the slave masters would not only take us out, they would desecrate our bodies and just and spread our body parts throughout the, the South, you know what I'm saying, and tell people, you know what I'm saying, this is what happened to us, we'll never, don't even mention them. Similar to that, when I was in West Oakland, uh, with uh, the nephew of Minister U.E.P. Newton, and told, you know, how the government flooded uh, West Oakland with drugs, and West Side of Chicago, with the drugs, these are the make the hot spots where the Black Panther Party was organized in that. Over thirty years yes, ago when I talked to a street organization at the site where Chairman Fred was assassinated at and they were selling drugs, I told us that this is y'all know where y'all at and they told me, Hey man, the police don't mess with us right here. But we respect what you're saying, Chairman. We're not gonna do it no more right here. Similar to that when I came over to this location, we got here over a, a year ago. There were government operatives who were actually selling drugs out of the same home in Chairman. The, 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 the police had put it in place. They worked for the police. They wanted this to be known as that. And we didn't cut no corners. We cleaned house. You know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, we had transformed this, this home, this block, this neighborhood, to the point that we have our programs, Triple C here. You know, so we've been in uh, uh, the, a brother, Rashad, who, do, who, who, who paints, who came and, and uh, helped us put the paints inside the house. When his mother seen the live footage on Facebook, she said, do you know the house that you're in? And he said, I don't know. And he came back, grown man with tears in his eyes. I, was, I didn't know that. I was honored to do that. Similar mm-hmm. to the, the elementary school right across the street, Irving Elementary School, where the teachers don't even know who Chairman Fred is, but the children who we have been politicizing, they have a different type of walk now. Their backs are straightened up. Their heads are high. This is the same home in which the, the federal government called for this house to have a wiretap on a telephone when Chairman Fred was 14 years old. When they seen him take the junior NAACP from seven to 300 members and seven and seven and a half month time period. In fact, Washington DC thought it was a typo. They thought it was an error. They said, there's no way this guy could be 14 years old. And we are fighting for this home right now. You know, It was real passionate last night with these movie producers, you know, some famous ones, some famous ones. You know what I'm saying? I told them that we're not compromising this legacy, you know what I'm saying? And I, I see this ironic. I, I've been to, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I know I've had two-hour conversations with people like Kaepernick who, who, who have not donated anything, no support, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm fed up, you know, I'm talking about people who, who take this as a joke, you know, people who, who, who become black when it's beneficial, play Panther when it's profitable, mm-hmm. or claim to be connected to the Cubs when it's comfortable. We are fighting for our lives, our legacy. I know how much a legacy impacts us. Even those who raise horses. They say an orphan horse is difficult to raise because it does not know how to trot, how to walk. We have generations who are cut off at the knees, who come in without any idea of what came before them. And myself, I recall when I talk, I used to try to hold my hands down. I felt embarrassed about my moving my hands and talking fast. But seeing that footage of charismatic Chairman Fred speaking, I said, whoa, I was proud about that. I was Yes, Lord, I, I, that's what this is where I get it from. You know what I'm saying? That's why. Yes, and the, the war stories that people are talking about now is open up. Even Panther Party members coming by this house, members of his staff reminded me. I remember when Chairman Fred came over here to get that coat because he's going to speak in Canada, and he needed that winter coat. I remember coming in here four, five months ago. We we just went that we just we just literally came across the 
the famous brown blazer that he corduroy blazer that he wore. We just came across that. You know what I'm saying? My mother, mm. his widow, his his widow holding that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Coming close to 50 years to be able to hold that blazer. You know what I'm saying? It opened the door for conversations and memories, you know what I'm saying, that we need. That we need. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Again, cause cause all we are given is the obliterated or maligned or watered down history of our people. And that's yes. cool for some people. But we just need or, or, or just, or just, lie, you, just straight out lied to. Just straight out lied yeah. to. Straight out lied yeah. to. Straight out yeah. lied to. You real talk. Straight out lied to. Straight, mm-hmm. straight out, you know what I'm saying? See, brother, that's why I wanted to talk to you, brother, because if, if I understand anything correctly, I just want our listeners to understand that this work ain't about just you know, making change in policy. You know, the question becomes, what, what do we leave the next generation other than problems? What do we leave, yes. you know, what relationships, yes. what structures yes. do we leave them? What understanding? Yes. So it's important, man, the work that you all are doing with the young people so that they know where they are because yes. even understanding that you come from warriors and not from bent over Negroes yes. is yes. important. It's important. Yes. And so, you yes. know, that's why they teach us that our ancestors didn't fight back. That's why yes. after Desilines the Ferocious and Toussaint L'Overture and Sisters yes. and Brothers in Haiti beat the French, the Spaniards, and the British, yes. Europeans yes. organized to make sure the people in South Carolina, people in North Carolina, people in Atlanta didn't know that this happened because they didn't yes. know people even believe that they could be free. Yes. So today, yes. this is why we lift up the work of sisters and brothers that are fighting back because we want you all to know and, and, and look none of us are perfect man we all grew up in this system so I know I've said this before I have a saying that a brother gave to me one time and I, I live by it that I wake up a nigga every morning but I struggle to be a mm. black man right I sure. struggle yeah. to make sure that, that yeah. I'm the type of man that is worth looking up to is worth uh, saying you know this brother is part of our history so, brother, I think what you're saying is important. You know, we tend to compromise our values yes. in exchange for trinkets. And that's, yes. the, that's the teachable moment I want to offer to our audience. You heard this brother say that when he was 12 years old and their electricity was cut off, that yes. they were offered yes. a book deal that would have gotten yes. their lights cut back on. And Mama yes. Akur was like, no, because it, it was compromising their values. The gas, the gas for the heat. The, the gas, ah, gas, the, the gas. gas for the heat. And in Chicago winter, I'm having flashbacks to my bones. I'm, I'm cold now. I'm flashing <laughs> back on it. I'm flashing back on it. The gas in the heat. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, I want to share this with people. As folks know, I'm a proud son of the Kenwood Oakland Community Organization, COCO. This is where I learned mm-hmm. how to do community organizing. After we became the leadership of COCO, I'll never forget this. All the foundations were telling us no. We were writing grants. It was like, no, no, no. So people were running off half salary. Then at one point, we couldn't pay people. And I was the board president. And, and they were trying yeah. to do COCO. And I'll never forget this Negro with a bow tie came into our office unannounced from Edison mm-hmm. School. And this was a contract school company. And what they were trying to do was mm. buy us off so that they can close schools because they knew that we were the only resistance in the area to them closing all the schools, which is a part of moving black people out the neighborhood. 
and created mm. my witness. His brother came in with a proposal for Edison Schools and the Kenwood Oakland Community Organization. Now, again, we never met this Negro, and they offered us two schools. We would actually be the primary vendor for both of those schools. The deal was mm. for about $75,000. We looked at him like he was crazy, and we kicked him out mm. of office. And that, for me, was foundational in regards to what I knew we would be. Now, it's just tons of stories, but that's one. Yeah. That just, you know, the, the point has to be that our values, the beliefs that govern our behavior, they have to be centered around the needs of our community as opposed to what we can get personally, even yeah. if it means the gas being cut off. Damn. Yeah. Look, brother, so what can people do the situation is that they are attempting to foreclose on the home. Is that accurate? Yes. The banksters, the gangsters, uh-huh. they come down on our heels. And their words, you know what I'm saying, due to the pressure, the community pressure, you know what I'm saying, we, we got them back, you know what I'm saying, the back of a little bit, but they're still they on our heels. People can look at live footage. We've been here, no lights, no water, you know, back and forth. We got water here. Sometimes we don't, you know what I'm saying. We got a number of pressing situations. That we, uh, they're hitting us with, I mean, all type of bills, but also, in general, uh, we're trying to raise uh, $250,000 to bring the building back up to code, pay the banks off. Our plan is to turn this to a museum, not only in regards to Chairman Fred, but the Black Panther Party, you know what I'm saying, but again, our people in general, you know what I'm saying. And we've been doing our programs here, and we have been doing a lot of restructuring. By the end of this week, we have our GoFundMe, uh, we, the Save the Hampton House GoFundMe we set up, but we got a cash out, Save the Hampton House, and also, but in particular, we, in particular, we want people to go to the... Uh, Chairman Fred Jr., Chairman Fred Jr. at gmail.com on PayPal, and whatever they can support with that. Or better yet, if they can, as the people been doing so also, I can acknowledge this, uh, this 12-year-old sister who came back here with her father with this $50 donation. And we're going in fact, we're gonna frame that. We're gonna frame that here. So people can come right here by them, themselves or send a check to Save the Hampton House to 804 South 17th Avenue. Maywood, Illinois, 60153. Again, save the Hampton House. Wow. Maywood, Illinois, 804 South 17th Avenue, Maywood, Illinois, 60153. Or come right here by them. You know, knock on, we here 24-7. Again, we got the open mic poetry we do it on Thursdays. We got the triple C's we do on uh, children's community clubs on Saturdays. We got the free of all radio we do it on Wednesdays here. We finish out start doing movie reviews. If they want to work to PayPal, send it to the PayPal. At Chairman Fred Jr. at Gmail that come on PayPal and call us directly if they have a problem. You know what I'm saying? At seven seven three two five six ninety four fifty one seven seven three two five six ninety four fifty one. And people say, "Well, I ain't got no money. I uh, I got some cases of bottled water. I'll drop that back." We got a brother right here right now as I speak. This dude he comes through some man ain't got nothing. He been doing his work. You know what I'm saying? He been putting the only drywall. You know what I'm saying? So whatever people can do, we say, "Come on with it. Come on with it." As we talking, I'm trying to make my donation. So you saying, yes, sir. Chairman Fred at gmail.com on, on, on PayPal. Chairman Fred Jr. Chairman Fred Jr. at gmail.com. That's at PayPal. You said Chairman Fred Jr. at gmail.com, right? Oh, at PayPal. Yes, sir. All right, brother. I just sent you 150 from the Journey for Justice Alliance. Oh. You know, we'll work oh. to make sure we can send more. Brother, we appreciate oh. you. Appreciate you on behalf of myself. Hampton House, the community in general, like I said, we, like, we say it's bigger than the building, more significant than the structure. You know, we transform this community, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we said the sky's the limit. We will, we, uh, not only myself, but our family, our community, we thank you, we thank you, we thank y'all. Yes, sir. All right, brother, so yes, let's, sir. let's stay plugged. 
you know, brother, nothing but love and respect, man, as you know. And uh, I, I'm really glad that we're able to connect today and to hear your story and encourage our listeners to contribute one way or another to the fight to save the Hampton House. And put the word out, hashtag save the Hampton House. Also, plug ABC about, you know, so they want more discussion about the piece that just aired of Night Before Last, uh, ABC 1969. Yeah, so we can get people, you know what I'm saying, hit their websites, flood, flood them with that, with the commentaries on that, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, uh, again, they interviewed me for about two weeks straight, but they, they, they left their editor on the floor, but hey, uh, Cool and Jerry, the widow of Chairman Fred Hampton, she represented, she carried the line, yes, so, you did. know what I'm saying? We know it's a mainstream media, they're going to they try to ward it down, mm-hmm. they're going to try to put all the other stuff in there, but as Marcus Garvey said, take with a ply and let the rest fly. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, my brother. Well, look, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, man. But I want to, again, thank you, brother. And, and, and I appreciate you being on the On The Ground podcast. And, and brother, you know, you stay strong, brother. You know, you yes, know. Sir. Love and respect. All right, brother. Number respect. So, listeners, you all have been blessed to hear one of our warriors, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., not only talk about his journey, but equate it, you know, to the war that's been waged on African people. So that's why we're calling this show DNA. So Brother Kendrick Lamar in his powerful song DNA tells us, I got royalty and loyalty inside my DNA. And that's what Chairman Fred talked about today, the cloth that he's cut from. And because of that, he will not compromise his values. He will not compromise his beliefs. And that's a lesson, sisters and brothers. You know, the creator sends us thousands, if not millions of signs every day. We miss most of them, but there are times when we hear a lesson and it needs to stick. And what I'm raising is that when you make a commitment to the struggle, when it's not what you do, but it's part of your purpose, it is your purpose, then you won't be deterred by trinkets. You won't be deterred by stress. You know that this is who you are. And so the song DNA talks about that. And I, and I pray that that came through to you all as listeners around what it takes to stick in this work, what it takes to do the work, not for yourself, but for people that are coming after you. As my brother said, you know, to build legacy, to build legacy. Every day we build legacy, right? And so we want to just recognize again the beauty of my brother and his sincerity as he talked about why he's doing the work that he's doing, but then also why we call this episode DNA. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to give to you Kendrick Lamar DNA, and I will holler at you all next week on the ground. Just win again, then win again, like Wimbledon I serve. Yeah, that's him again, the sound the engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tires, skirt the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use it, use it, use it. Your hormones probably switch inside your DNA. Problem is, all that sucker shit inside your DNA. Daddy probably snitch, heritage inside your DNA. Backbone don't exist, burn on side a jellyfish I gauge. See my pedigree, most definitely don't I wish I was
was fed forgiveness, yeah, 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 yeah. Soldier's DNA, born inside the beast. My expertise checked out in second grade. When I was nine, on sale motel, we didn't have nowhere to stay. At 29, I've done so well, hit cartwheel in my estate. And I'm gon' shine like I'm supposed to, anti-social extrovert. And excellent, mean an extrovert. And absentness, what the f you hurt? And passiveness, never struck my nerve. And that's a riff, gonna be this case. The reason my power's here, on earth. Salute the truth from the prophets, say. I, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. This is my heritage, y'all. I'm inheriting money and power. The maker, I'm merited. Tell me something. You motherfuckers can't tell me nothing. I'd rather die than to listen to you. My DNA not for imitation. Your DNA an abomination. This how it is when you in the matrix. Dodging bullets, reaping what you're sowing. Stacking up the footage. Living on the go and sleeping in the villa. Sipping from a Grammy. Walking in the building. Diamond in the ceiling. Marble on the floor. Speeches out the window. Peeking out the window. Baby in the pool. Godfather goes. Only Lord knows. I've been going hammer. Dodging paparazzi. Freaking through the cameras. Eat it for a daughter's Brock wearing sandals. Yoga on the Monday. Stretching to the fan. watching all the snakes. Curving all the fakes, phone never own, I don't conversate, I don't compromise, I just penetrate, sex, money, murder, these are the breaks, these are the times, level number nine, look up in the sky, tennis on the way, tennis on the way, tennis on the way, motherfucker, I got winners on the way, you ain't sh without a buddy on your belt, you ain't sh without a ticket on your plate, you ain't sick enough to pull it on yourself, you ain't rich enough to hit the light of skate, tell me when destruction gonna be my fate, gonna be a fate, gonna be a fate, peace to the world, let it rotate, sex, money, murder, I DNA.